Welcome back to the Life School Masterclass Show, a place where visionary leaders build a life and business legacy on purpose through mindset, branding, marketing, sales, systems, and team so they can make an amazing impact and income and positively affect their communities worldwide. Ensure that you are sharing the show, you're subscribing, and you also are leaving us a review so we can create more amazing content around those areas to help you level up to the next level and also bring amazing guest experts that can share their knowledge and expertise with you so that you can create amazing legacy. All right, everybody, welcome back to another show. I'm so excited to be back with you with another amazing guest and conversation. Today, we're going to focus our conversation around communication, one of those very important skills that we all need to learn as legacy builders and leaders. I'm so excited to have um, uh, on our show today another amazing guest and expert in this field, Richard Newman, joining us from all the way from Richard. Where are you actually connecting from today? Uh, so I live just outside London on the west side. Oh, beautiful. So from London to New York. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, Richard. I usually start off each interview with asking my guests to share a few of the most meaningful moments that lay you to this work that you're doing today. Uh, sure. So I mean, teaching communication is so meaningful for me uh, because communication is something I struggled with since a very early age. So I come from a background of being incredibly shy as a child. I'm highly introvert. And also I was recently diagnosed as being autistic and people are often surprised to hear that because I run this organization where we have a 20 person team. Uh, we get booked about 2000 times per year to go and train people all the way around the world. We've trained about 130,000 uh, clients across Europe, the Middle East, Asia, America, Australia, Africa, and everything in between. And I guess significant moments on that uh, journey is that realizing how challenging I found communication when I was younger, uh, aged 18, when all of my friends were going off to university, I decided to go and live in a Tibetan monastery in the foothills of the Himalayas. And I was there teaching English. And uh, the reason I went there is I, was, I really wanted to understand communication better and to help other people communicate. And when I was there, the, the monks didn't speak a single word of English. And so I had to use nonverbal communication, so body language and voice, to really connect with them, to engage with them and help them find their voice. So that was really a pivotal moment uh, for me. And then when I came back to the UK, uh, I, I then studied acting for three years in London, which really helped me expand my knowledge around communication skills, how to bring a story to life, how to engage an audience and so on. And then the next probably pivotal moment for me was the, my hairdresser. So my hairdresser was talking to me about who I was and said, what do you do? And I said, I'd lived with these monks, I'd studied acting. And he said, if I give you a free haircut, would you come here and teach my hairdressers how to communicate better with their clients. And I said, okay, and I, and I did that. And word of mouth started to spread from me doing this session, which then led to me training companies uh, all the way around the world and having to build up this team. So it's been mm. quite a journey to where I am today. Wow, what a journey for sure, right? And uh, it's, uh, it's crazy how a lot of times the things that we kind of our challenges for us really become our vocation later on once we're able to overcome them. So I see that in your story as well. And I can so resonate with that myself um, doing the work that I do as well. So let's start uh, and dive into some of the more specifics, takeaways that our audience can uh, can really um, get out of our conversation. So 
Uh, very curious, Body Talk. Is it's is that the name of the company? Let's start that. What is Body Talk? Yeah, so uh, so Body Talk is my my team where we teach people primarily people in business how to communicate more effectively so that uh, they are able to get the results and respect they deserve. And this is everything from uh, taking people who we work with MBA students at places like London Business School and NYU, Oxford and Cambridge and various other places. We show them at the start of their career, how do they make sure that they're going to make an impact, have gravitas, have presence, be able to persuade people, uh, that sort of thing. And we go all the way up to CEOs and leadership teams and working with people on specific pitches, helping them to win massive government contracts. And to give you some idea, there's one, one client we worked with about five years ago where we helped them win every single pitch that they did in the course of a year, giving them uh, over a billion dollars of new business in the space of that time. So, so we do a, a whole range of pieces, but to get specific about what people might learn from us, one of the key areas we've worked on over the last few years is in storytelling. And storytelling is a big buzzword in business. Everyone thinks you've got to have good storytelling skills, but very few people actually understand what it is. Some people think that storytelling is about telling anecdotes or maybe talking to people about your weekend or explaining how historical events sometimes have importance in what we're doing day to day. And actually none of that is really what this means. What it means is being able to take a spreadsheet, uh, take some really dry, dull, day-to-day -day business information and turn it into something meaningful through the power of story. And the way that we do that is we share with people how the human brain wants to engage with information. So uh, to get tactical with people about this, essentially there's three major areas of the brain that you want to light up, which is the survival mind, the emotional mind, and the logical mind. And if you engage those three areas of the brain with your information, it's lighting them up just the same way that a story would. So in a typical story at the beginning, you have somebody who's having a challenge and you watch them really struggle and wrestle and you think, how is this person going to survive this situation? Then what do you do? You see the emotional brain gets lit up when you think they suddenly realize that maybe they can get out of their tough situation and have a much greater life. And wouldn't that be amazing? And your emotional mind is engaged thinking, is that possible? And then you see the logical journey from their challenges towards that better future. They go on throughout the course of the next two hours of the movie. And so that's what stories do for us or what, what books do for us, movies. It doesn't matter where you find them. And so if you can figure out how you can do that, in day-to-day -day business, then you can light up someone's mind just the same way as a movie or as a book, and people remember more information, they care about what you have to say, and they're much more likely to give you the results that you want. Yeah. Oh, I never heard of that before, the three levels of the brain and how we actually, you know, um, see ourselves in the stories, because I think that's really the power of storytelling as well. So uh, I love that you broke that down so simply for our audience here today as well. And yeah, absolutely. And it's very, it is very confusing unless you have like a framework or a process that you practice over time and then you, you figure out, you know, your own voice within storytelling as well. But it's, it's definitely an important skill, especially with building brands, casting visions, uh, connecting people, you know, growing communities and, and, and the whole nine yards. I think it's absolutely very important. Does body talk have anything to do with body language, Richard? It does. Yeah, yeah. So body language has been a big part of the journey of the work that we've done with people, particularly because when I was a child, when I was at school, I really struggled. I was very awkward in my communication. I didn't know really what messages I was getting from other people or how I was presenting myself across. And when I was 16 years old, somebody gave me a book on body language and said, you really need to read this. 
And so I, I read it and I was fascinated with it. And so after my experience of teaching English to the monks, where essentially I was communicating non-verbally for six months and then learning my acting skills and so on, when I was starting to teach people, initially I just focused on body language, showing them how uh, people can get more gravitas, have more authority, have more presence when they speak, uh, making sure they can be more influential in a positive way as well. And so uh, during the course of this time, then in 2014, uh, I wanted to take everything that I'd learned and put it into a scientific study because I realized that there had been some studies done here and there on body language, but none of them really covered the information that we wanted to teach to our clients. And so we look, looked at all these sort of decent pieces of research and books and so on that were out there and then realized there was a gap. And so we put together this study with the University College of London, and it's called the Nonverbal Presence Study. And people can go and look at it online. It was published in the journal Psychology going back a few years between myself, Richard Newman, and uh, Adrian Fernan, who's the head of psychology at UCL. And so we, we designed this study. It took us 18 months to put together. And what we found in this study, very simply, is universal ways, ways that every human being, no matter what your age is, your gender, your skin color, no matter where you are in the world, you're able to take on certain body language traits that will increase the number of people who are convinced by your message when you speak, by 42%, which was huge. Mm -hmm. We found a way that you could increase the number of people who would vote for you in an election by around 58% more votes, just based on making a few simple changes. You can increase the number of people who think you're a good leader by 44%. When people hear these things, they think, surely that's, that can't be true. And when we looked at it, we thought, this is way bigger than we thought that this was going to be. But it was simply about looking at what are the most common habits that people have every day in day-to-day business and how do we shift that across to a style that suddenly gets the greatest impact and what would that even look like and so small changes we found made a massive difference essentially moving away from very common bad habits across to much more effective styles mm. wow powerful powerful stuff for sure and uh i know how all this kind of connects together and uh, that would be actually my next question for you richard based on all these word leaders and the amazing work that you have done out there for years, I'm assuming at this point, what are some of the most uh, universal things since you mentioned that word? Uh, what are some of the most universal things that you have seen that have helped them become, you know, have this presence when they share their message, whether it's a written, the written word or whether they're presenting something or whether they're speaking? Because I know we have a full audience of leaders and influencers and, and thought leaders and speakers that are always interested in improving, you know, the delivery of their message. And based on the study you shared, it's yeah. amazing how a few small tweaks can make the difference between, you know, the way that you get to engage the audience. Um, if you know these universal things, what can you share with us? Yeah, so true. So if I'm working with people to give them that biggest difference that they want to achieve, one of the first things that I take a look at is uh, speaking to people about helping them stop being self-conscious and make them audience conscious. So sometimes people are so obsessed with their body language and their words and their slides and so on, they're very self-conscious uh, on things and that can make them feel fearful about speaking. It can actually make them a fairly dull speaker because they are not focused and engaged with the audience. So I always start with them to say, by the end of this interaction, by the end of this meeting, pitch, speech or presentation, whatever it is, how do you want the audience to feel? when they're leaving the room. By the time you leave the stage or you walk out the building, how do you want them to feel? 
Do you want them to feel reassured? Do you want them to feel excited? Do you want them to feel disappointed? What are we going for here? And once you then focus on that, you can then drive everything towards it. Because what I say to people is that, you know, body language and voice, there's no right or wrong. Sometimes people say, oh, no, wrong body language is when you fold your arms or wrong body language is when you put your hands in your pockets. Well, when you That's speak with your hands, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. there's, no, there's actually no right or wrong around body language. Just like, you know, if you're learning French, there's no right or wrong way to use the, the French language. As long as you get things grammatically correct, every word in the French language could be used at some point. And same goes with body language. So you just got to figure out firstly, how do I want people to feel by the time I leave the room? And then I need to think, okay, my story and my slides and my delivery need to focus on that feeling. And so what I first will say to people is when you're in the room, you've got to imagine that you're entirely focused on everybody else. What do they need to gain from this meeting in order to achieve that feeling? So let's say, for example, that you want to deliver a really strong, serious message such that uh, people will leave the room feeling that um, they've got a confident, strong delivery from you and they must take, uh, they must take action. So one way to do that, we work with people, of course, on their story, their content, their slides. But we'd also work with them on their stance and their delivery. So as an example of this, when people are delivering a strong message, what I often see leaders do is they'll be doing this little sway backwards and forwards from one side to the other. And they'll be doing non-committal gestures that flip and flop from one side to the other. And their facial expression isn't really showing anything. And they tend to say to me, but Richard, my message will speak for itself. And it never, ever will. If you, if you think your message will speak for itself, email it. If you're in the room, you have to speak for yourself. And so you've got to think, well, what message do I want to give? So one of the key things that we uh, look at sometimes is getting people grounded to get gravitas in their body. The gravity is working equally between their left foot, right foot, toes and heels. So they get to a piece of being centered. Then we also talk about lifting their sternum to get to a place where their body looks inspired, elevated in a position where they're able to create a greater sense of presence. And then another simple tip that we're looking at might be around their gestures. Now you'll notice if I gesture palms up, it looks like a question. If I gesture palms down, it looks like a strong statement. So, so imagine this, and for anybody uh, listening to the podcast and the audio version, just check out the video for this piece. So if I'm to say with palms up, I'm absolutely sure these numbers are correct. And then I go palms down and say, do you have any questions? Well, that version looks like I'm saying, I don't know what I'm talking about. Please don't ask any questions. If I reverse it, then I say, um, I'm sure the numbers are correct with palms down. And then I flip it to palms up and say, do you have any questions? Then essentially what I'm saying to you with palms down is, I know what I'm talking about. And then, hey, I'm open to all of your questions. So what we're looking for there is very simply congruency in the body language and the delivery. And this is what I learned when I was working with the monks. So when I was teaching these monks, it was such a good grounding for teaching people in communication because when I was teaching them the word excited, if I didn't look excited and I didn't sound excited, then they had no idea what word I was trying to teach them. I could have been trying to teach them the word pineapple. It could have been anything. So I had to make sure my body language, tone of voice and words were all headed in the same direction. And so that's what we get people to do when they're delivering a message is to think, okay, what feeling are you aiming for? And then make sure your body projects that feeling your hands are projecting that feeling, your facial expression, your words, your tone of voice, the slides, everything's going to be directed towards that end goal. And then uh, the, other, the other way I like people to look at this, and this is certainly the way I look at this as a speaker, is that 
before you go in the room to deliver an important message, before you go to do a pitch presentation, anything like that, you want to focus on yourself. Make sure you get clear about your message and your delivery. Then when you go into the room, you're fully focused on others. And the way that this feels to me as a speaker is like a surfer on the ocean. So, you know, you can practice you know, popping up with your surfboard on the beach all you want. But as soon as you get into the ocean, you've then got to read the ocean. You've got to read the waves. You've got to be connected and present to what's happening. And the same goes if you're going to be a good communicator in any situation, in an interview, a one-to-one -one bit of feedback with your team or pitching to a new client. You've got to read the ocean. You've got to pop up on your board and feel where the waves are. And that's what I do as a speaker is just to feel the energy of an audience where I can deliver the same message to five different audiences Monday through Friday in five different locations and have a completely different experience delivering those messages because there's a different energy that I'm feeling from the audience and therefore a different outcome. So we always encourage people to make sure you're fully attuned to what's happening around you and then be able to, uh, to, to change your delivery style based on what's needed uh, in each of the moments that you're, you're communicating. Wow. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for uh, adding such amazing value to our audience. And I could so attest to what you said as far as worry, you know, think of the, the takeaways, think of the audience, think of the service, because when you remove yourself out of that equation, I, I can remember my beginnings with social media content of how uh, that was a challenge as well. But when you kind of think of the message and who is going to help and, you know, there's one person needs to hear it or two people in the audience or three, then you kind of remove yourself from all those uncertainties and insecurities that we might feel as speakers. And uh, just like anything, I think with practice, it becomes definitely easier and you start to find your own voice and you start to get grounded. But absolutely, there's so much, you know, um, coaching and, and, and mentorship that uh, uh, it takes behind the scenes to kind of get to those levels for sure. Um, Richard, my last question for you is really around something that I also personally have constantly keep in mind and it's something that I want to overcome but also I know a lot of my audience can resonate with it is accents uh, we mm. tend to become so English is not my first language I'm natively Albanian but I also have heard it in a lot of the clients or people that I've worked with uh, that uh, sometimes speakers can become uh, conscious uh, around their accents because it can come out <laughs> at a, a, a different phase of stage or especially when you're not sure of the message I find that that can really um ensure that your speech is not as eloquent as someone would want to 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 have it so do you have some tips for people that yeah. are uh bilingual and they speak many languages and yeah absolutely well first of all uh i have such huge respect for anybody that communicates in different languages i can only currently communicate in english there was a time when i was living in this monastery where i was fluent in nepali as well by the end of the six months uh, because I was able to pick it up being immersed in that culture, but I only have one language. And um, anyway, so what I say to clients around um, having an accent, speaking in second language, there's a few things to keep in mind. Firstly, your accent is actually your vocal brand. So I would never suggest to people to remove their accent. Some people have accent softening classes and that sort of thing. It really isn't necessary. Your, your accent is your vocal brand where instantly, if you are on a team school or a conference call or even a room, when people hear your voice, they instantly know it's you because it sounds um, original. It sounds different. It sounds unique based on you. So there's no need to get rid of an accent. The ways to deal with the accent, though, a couple of things to think about is firstly, what we work on with people, I was working on a, this with a few clients yesterday, actually, was, is simply around enunciation. 
So you, you sometimes have to work harder in the musculature in the mouth to work to make sure that people are really crisply hearing each of your words. So you may, uh, for anybody, depending on where you live around the world, you may be able to speak very uh, swiftly in, in your own language, and it may be understood by people who are native to that language. But then suddenly when you have an, an accent that may be different to most people in the room, if you're speaking qu quickly in a sense of flow, aiming to get your language, your words coming out in a way that sort of seems like a stream of words, uh, then it can be much more difficult for people to hear it. So it's something that I learned very clearly again when I was living in this monastery teaching the monks. I had to have very precise, clear enunciation. Otherwise, the, the words were going to be completely and utterly lost. And so I brought that back into how I coach my clients. So enunciation is a piece we work on. The second thing we work on is pace, where what, what people tend to do is to try and sound fluent, is they go fast. And it's fun that people can easily listen to. And there's an amazing thing to take a look at, which is the pace at which people with authority speak. So if you take a look at uh, one, one simple measure that's been done is on presidential speeches. So if you look at people who have been voted to be president in the United States, they have their inauguration uh, event. And typically speaking at those inaugurations, they're speaking at around 100 words per minute. The average person speaks at 140 words per minute. And if you're speaking like a motivational speaker, you might be 180 words per minute. But if it's a serious message that has authority behind it, around 100 words per minute is where you want to be. And that feels slow when you're delivering it, but it feels powerful to the people you're speaking to. So saying less words, having pauses after every few words, and highly enunciating the key words can be very beneficial. And the last piece I would add to that as well is if you gesture on the key word, anybody who's listening to this on the audio will know, even if they didn't see the video, the word in that last sentence I gestured on was the word gesture. Because when you gesture on a word, like I did just then, it, it gives you an extra power behind that word. People are more likely to hear it. So if you've got key words in a sentence, gesture on those words, and they will sound uh, more clear to people. So even if they don't catch every word, they catch the key words and they will fully understand your message. Well, thank you so much for this. This has been so helpful. I love what you said that your accent is your vocal brand, right? So um, yeah, instead of uh, trying to get rid of it or whatever is it that we try to do is kind of embrace it. And that that's what makes you authentic and unique. But I love that there's also a framework on how to you know, have that grace and presence on stage as you are comfortable with who you actually are, because that absolutely portrays inner energy and everything else that we do. So, well, Richard, we can go on and on. And I think this has been its own masterclass. I really thank you. Appreciate the work you're doing out there in the world. And thank you for sharing all of this with our audience. In this last part of the interview, I have a few fill in the blanks for my guests. So I'm just going to go ahead and ask you and just whatever intuitively comes out and you feel like sharing, do so please. So my first fill in the blank is um, what inspires me is? Um, what inspires me is, hmm, what inspires me is people who have uh, tremendous kindness and grace under pressure. That, that is absolutely inspiring. And then uh, my next one is my purpose in business is? Oh, my purpose in business is to help people find their voice so that they can uh, be heard, 
uh, be recognized and be respected for their views. All right. The top three books I recommend are? Oh, top three books. Wow. Um, I, I love books. Anyone watching the video can see these behind me. <laughs> top three books I recommend. Um, I, I I love, not, not related to my topic here, I really loved David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me. If anyone is ever, want, ever feeling down, feeling like they can't go on, just listen to or, or read David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me. That one's great. Um, I, of course, would like to give a mention for my most recent book, which is Lift Your Impact, which is the very best of the information I've shared with clients over the last 23 years to help them out with uh, communication. And uh, what else am I looking at? Uh, so recently I've been reading the book uh, Turn the Ship Around, which is all about leadership on a, uh, on a sub submarine and how they used brilliant leadership uh, techniques to turn what was the worst performing submarine into the greatest performing submarine in the space of just a few months by having great leadership conversations. All right. Thank you so much. Those are great recommendations. I'm definitely going to go check those out myself so I can add them to my library as the leaders are absolutely readers. So um, again, Richard, thank you so much for everything you shared. And then my last question for you is uh, where can you be a, a continued resource to our audience? Where do you host your best stuff where they can find out more information around your work? Great, thanks. So the best place to find me and my work is ukbodytalk.com, uh, which is where you can find my team. People can find me on LinkedIn if they'd like to as well, Richard Newman Body Talk, and I'm also on Instagram at Richard Newman Speaks. All right, there you go. Definitely go follow Richard as I did on LinkedIn, and let's continue this conversation and, and continue the, the nurturing that we can have with each other and uh, the way that we can add value. So Richard, I thank you for everything you're doing on all the amazing work you're doing out there in the world. And I want to thank you for listening and watching. Thank you so much. Share this podcast with other amazing leaders, conscious leaders that uh, are going to find value from this amazing masterclass that we just had today with our amazing guest. Thank you so much again. I'll see you next time with another show. Bye, everybody. I want to share with you the four books that will change your life personally and professionally. So the first book is Connecting the Dots Backwards, one of the books I've written that will help you connect the dots between your past, your present, and your future life vision. You will find topics in there around marketing, sales, spirituality, relationships, all the areas that you need to be fulfilled as a human being. The second book that I've written, which is a journal, accompanies the Connecting with the Dots book. And this journal will help you apply the information that you learn in the book into a journal. It has self-guided questions that you can go uh, through and into to get the clarity that you need to discover your values, your vision, and your mission. This is a journal attaching um, the book as well. And then Purpose Driven Entrepreneurship is my latest book where I have included my legacy framework in building legacy businesses, everything from mindset, branding, marketing, sales, systems, and team. And I have connected all the dots between all those areas so that you have the fundamentals that you need to build a truly legacy empire. And then my latest creation is the Focus on Purpose Planner for increased productivity and efficiency, where I have included a framework around your productivity where you can plan ahead, 
uh, work on purpose and leave amazing impact on the planet with your work. You can find any of my books on the website below, alonaloparicoaching.com books, and definitely grab your copy. Let me know, leave me a review on Amazon and let me know how this book has impacted you and changed your life.